All right. Welcome, Caroline, and welcome everyone to another episode of Sex in the Bull City. I am Dr. Sophia Dorton Cottle, and this is Caroline Rutledge, and we are super happy to be here to talk with y'all today. Just for a few minutes, we are going to share with y'all about a new area of work that we're adding here to Bull City Psychotherapy, also to our new practice in Charlotte, Queen City sex and relationships. So uh, we're going to be talking today about sex addiction and eating disorders and how those two addictions um, occur at the same time in a lot of people. So this is a new area that we're going to be specializing in that we already specialize in, but we just have a lot of new offerings besides individual and group therapy that we want to just be talking about today. But, But first, we want to just come together and um, just share a little bit about why sex addiction and eating disorders are important and why they show up together, how they how they look, how it presents, and hopefully finding um, a, a way for you to be able to even find find something that you can relate to or, or, you know, like, oh, well, maybe that happens to me and I just didn't realize it or to my child or to my partner or maybe a, a friend. Um, but but this is a, a real area that um, we're you know we're really hoping to tap into. There's a lot of need here, and not a lot of people that I'm aware of specialize in it. So we want to really come together with you and provide the services that are important in in this in this space. So um, I am a, a a CSAT and CSAT supervisor. I've uh, been working in the field of sex addiction and sex therapy for a lot of years now. Caroline is getting trained in sex addiction, and she is an eating disorder specialist. So um, together, she and I are, are creating a, a larger program that you know we're hoping to um, really be able to have a lot of online presence, workshops, intensives um, for people all over the world, and also some in-person retreats here in North Carolina. Um, and other places too, if that's how it works out. But um, yeah, before we get too far into anything, I just want Caroline to say hi and tell us a little bit about what this eating disorder specialist certification, what that is and and maybe what that means to her. Yeah, awesome. Good to good to be here. And it's actually been quite a while since I've been on a podcast, so I'm super excited. And I have really just this, in this past year transitioned to Bull City Psychotherapy full time after working in higher higher levels of care for eating disorders. Um, so it's exciting to be at the outpatient level and to just kind of bring some awareness to this kind of um, niche that we're specializing in here at um, at Bull City Psychotherapy. But yeah, I've um, it's been my under my graduate school training was in eating disorders, and I'm now in the process of um, becoming a certified eating disorder specialist through the International Association of Eating Disorder Professionals, um, and I'm connected with some nonprofits here in North Carolina, helping provide access to care um, for eating disorders in, in particular. But um, yeah, I have had my own personal struggles with eating disorder when I was in college and post-college and um, fully believe recovery is possible and really love working with the eating disorder population. And now too with with sex addiction. Um, And I'll never forget early on after I finished grad school, I was leading a group 
um, at a residential treatment setting. And I was just doing a general addictions group there. And we were, you know, this was an eating disorder treatment facility, but we were talking about addictions and stages of change. And I mentioned sex addiction. And I'll never forget that one of my, the clients there pulled me after group and, and was like, tell me more about this because I think you're totally, it's resonating with me and I don't, nobody's talking about this. Um, you know, and this is like a young adult. So it was just then that I really started being interested in kind of the co-occurring nature of um, uh, eating disorders and sex addiction and knowing that Sophia had specialized in eating um, and sex addiction really has been fascinating to bridge these two worlds for me in particular. Yeah, thanks for that, Caroline. Um, yeah, I think that it's it, this is going to be a really exciting um, time for us. I, you know, just as you were talking, I was really thinking about, I used to work with adolescents and, and children and families really specifically, and now I, I primarily work with adults. But I would imagine this is a really really serious issue with young girls and young boys um, and and they them as far as you know sexuality and and how how they feel about their body and and what they're willing and not willing to do um, to look a certain way because you know not only are people looking at porn from a really young age but we're you know people are taking pictures and sending nudes yeah. And and so, I mean, that's a super common thing that people are doing. So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of our conversation today, you know, we had really planned to talk more about adults, but but this is 100 um, percent an issue for for children and adolescents. And, um, you know, I, I think that that, you know, 100 percent will be working with adolescents in this area as well. Um Right now, yeah. right now, we're just focusing on on adults, but this is a, a huge issue, I would imagine, for for young people. Um, but yeah, so so that's that's interesting that that your client um, that resonated with her. Um, I hear this a lot from my male and female clients. Um, people, you know, typically are going to come to me for for sex addiction. Um, you know, problematic sexual behaviors or, or sex therapy, but I, I hear a lot about food issues, um, binging or withholding is, is really huge. I think I probably hear more withholding of food um, than, than I do of, of binging, but binging sometimes. But I know for, for my clients um, and clients I've had in the past, I'm especially I'm thinking of, of males and females right now with love addiction, specifically when love addiction for people is kicked up, there's a lot of um, withholding of food that I've experienced. But I would imagine it can definitely go the other way where there's a lot of, of binging as well. It just really depends yeah. on how people move through that anxious time. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, totally. I've seen it both ways as well. Um, and I'm thinking per, in particular of a female um, love addict who really, we were focusing on that first. And then we were just kind of going through like basic self-care, you know, eating, sleeping, just, you know, kind of like the basics. And it, it came out that like 
I don't keep food at my house. Well, why not? Because if it's there, I'm going to binge, you know? So, but then there have been other times where there had been the withholding, you know? And so I've seen, I've seen it both, but I think it's definitely cyclical. Um, And I think the interesting thing with both, which is kind of like the nuts and bolts of what we do in this work is that, you know, especially with eating disorders, I say to, to, to loved ones, to, to even to clients themselves, like it's not about the food, right? It, it's, we've got to get deeper. It's, it's a lack of getting those core emotional needs unmet. So whether it's, I'm not going to eat, um, or I'm going to binge and, or, and purge, or I'm going to go exercise, you, you know, or go watch porn, you know, it, it all is some way of maladaptive coping to get something. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, super unhelpful coping skills. And, and you're right that a lot of that is, um, it's learned behavior from what we did not get enough of when we were when we were little, that care, comfort, safety, nurturing and affection, you know, that's really born in that original grief neglect. Um, and, you know, when it comes to sex addiction, when I'm thinking of, um, again, from a lot of my clients, um, when people are, are really in their addiction, um, there, there is that, that tendency to, to be hyper-focused about what other people look like and about what I look like. Right. And, and again, that's, that's where I see a lot of that withholding of food and, and, and sort of the false thinking of, you know, if, if I only look better, if I'm skinnier, Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not so fat, you know, just so much just self-hate you can hear in that, um, yeah. then then they will finally love me. You know, mm-hmm. maybe then they'll like me um, or maybe yeah. then I'll be good enough. And, um, you know, that just that that you can just you can hear how tangled that is. It's so tangled. And, yeah. um, you know, the the sex and the food um, they're, they're both process addictions. So even though they're, they're, they're different addictions than alcohol or drugs, they're still addictions, the same presentation in the brain. Um, so the brain doesn't know or care about the difference, um, if it's a process or, or chemical addiction. Um, I mean, there are some differences, but we're just not, not pertinent to this conversation. Um, so, you know, you, the sex and the food, they get so tangled up. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really a very tricky cycle that for me, what, what I've experienced, you know, especially having you here at the practice, food, food and sex are specialties that, you know, when I was a, 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 a general therapist, there's no way, absolutely mm-hmm. no way. And I was an excellent therapist. There's no way I could handle these two areas it's very specialized and and then when we're talking even more about the tangling of the two um in in the addiction neural pathway um you know this is this is really hard stuff to Mm -hmm. to untangle and and work through both because both deserve um recovery like it's a it's a it's a separate but but similar recovery but but both are priorities in recovery absolutely Absolutely. And I think too, um, I think the treating both, right, it's not an either or, um, that intersectionality is so important. And I think, you know, 
there's, you know, we can also talk about the intersectionality, intersectionality of trauma, right? And how, and, and I, I've, you know, some in some training places, um, it was like, well, we have to manage the the eating, and then we can deal with the trauma. And I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got this together because it's all it's all intertwined. It's all it all works together. Yeah, and I think that's so great. Um, you know, that thank goodness we're well, most of us are moving away from being trauma informed, which is really not that helpful <laughs> as to like actually treating the trauma. And so, right, right. yeah, because trauma informed just means I know a little bit about trauma. <laughs> that's that's yeah, not really yeah. not not going to be terribly effective, um, at least in our field. Um, and and absolutely. So, you know, at, at this practice and the way that I do my work is, you know, I want to get in there to what's earliest and worst immediately. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. and, that's what's going to help and, and create a positive change in someone's addiction, um, regardless right. if it's sex, food or substances, it doesn't matter or any other issue. Um, we want to get in there and we want to go right into the trauma. We want to go right into the, the deep original attachment grief wounding. Um, you yeah. know, we want to we want to go into the hard places of suffering so that we can identify, decode and deeply heal and reparent. And, and that's how, that's how we really are able to, um, you know, the, the terms I use with my clients are get better and feel better with our Mm -hmm. addictions. That's how we learn to live. Um, so yeah, we have to go into the trauma and the, and the deep original grief. That's, that's the pathway to being able to, um, you know, live a quality life. And so that sex addiction, food issues, chemical addictions are, are sort of staying They're They're living in the place in our life that they deserve to live, which is, you know, a part of us, not, not the biggest part of us, but they're Mm -hmm. a part of us that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, for me, I, I keep my addiction close to me because I don't want it coming and biting me in the butt when I'm not paying attention. And yeah. so, but it's just not the biggest part of me anymore like it used to be. But it's, yeah. it, you're right. I mean, going into the, the grief and the trauma is essential, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's, that's a big part of um, the workshops and intensives that, that Caroline and I are, are, are creating and planning that, that we're going to be doing online regularly. We'll have, you know, a female, all-female workshop probably starting, you know, in the next month or two, an all-male workshop, and then we'll have some online intensives. And then, of course, people can travel here and, and do intensive work with us. I have people travel to work with me all the time to do deep original grief intensives. We have we have a, a lovely hotel right across the street from our Durham office, and, so it's, and, and some great restaurants right here, um, like right in the parking lot where we are. Um, so this is a great place to come and do intensive in-person work. Um, let's see, Caroline, anything else that you want to mention? Um, I guess with, with what the intensives entail, you know, and just, I guess maybe kind of speaking a little bit about like interventions, like how do we do this work, you know? Um, and I think as a clinician here focusing on these different, um, addictions and, uh, disorders, you know, I think I love using EMDR, which we've done podcasts on as well, some recent ones, um, you know, and I think 
you know, like, like you were saying, just that original grief, that aspect of it is, is huge. And, um, yeah, I think just kind of being excited about this work. And I think too, one thing I, I want to always make sure that I'm, um, kind of instilling into, to folks is that recovery is possible, right? And it's attainable. And I think sometimes that can get lost, right? Because this, it, because it is overwhelming when we're talking about all of this. I mean, yes. Is it hard work? Absolutely. Is it painful? And I think one thing that one of my biggest barriers that I run into is avoidance, Mm. you know? So if we can overcome avoidance, right, then we can face, face the, the, these, things that are keeping us from living, from getting better and feeling better. Um, So avoidance doesn't change anything. It just prolongs our distress. And so we have, you know, a great team here that I'm excited to be a part of and that we're doing some really cool work. Um, So, you know, just kind of empowering people to, we can do this together, right? And that it's possible. And that avoidance is not, it's not going to be helpful Yeah, <laughs> to help you get to where you want to be. I, I love that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm big on um, helping people work through avoidance and also always looking at my own avoidance, you know, that, that I'm not aware of that pops up. And avoidance is a, is a such an important um, a, awareness piece for us. So I love that you brought that up. And yes, we do a lot of EMDR. We do a lot of somatic work, a lot of experiential work here. And, you know, I think that's, you bring up a really good point. So for, for anyone who's listening, who is, who is scared to get into this, who is feeling like avoidant, um, sometimes individual therapy feels like the spotlight is on us, you know, like that's scary for some people. Sometimes individual therapy is, is more calming and soothing because it's just me with one other person. But a workshop is a really great way to get introduced to, to this, these concepts. And so, you know, in a workshop, how we do the work is it's different than therapy. So there is no spotlight on anybody. If someone wants to share what they just did in their 10 minute personal work, they're welcome to, if not, we just keep it rolling. And, um, you know, a workshop is a, is a great way to, to come in gently, um, to some very deep work because we can take it as deep as we want on our own after we learn the tools in a workshop, um, like intensive work is great after a workshop. And so, um, yeah, avoidance, that's a, that's a great thing to think about. And, and for people out there that struggle with that showing up in a workshop and our workshops, you know, when we do special workshops, like my original grief workshops don't have more than six people. They're small. Sometimes when we do a workshop, there's like a hundred people in there that, that can feel a little, you know, iffy to some people, but, you know, small individual, um, just very easy, flexible workshops are kind of what we put together here. Um, not everyone, um, is appropriate for a workshop. We interview people. It needs to be a good fit. And, um, but we have, we have very relaxed, 
we have a very relaxed space here um, and also an online space that's very relaxed. So I love that you brought that up. Thanks for talking about that, Caroline. Yeah, yeah. This, this recovery is definitely overwhelming, especially at the beginning. But when we do it together with people um, who, who know what they're doing um, and who are gentle and, and who you know, direct and challenge us when that needs to happen, you know, once we start feeling better, we're going to keep moving forward. And that's the key is, yeah. is let's feel better quickly so that we can keep moving forward and, 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 and get, you know, deeply healed so that we can live the life that we all deserve to live. And, um, yeah, I'm super grateful that, that, um, we're, we're going to be really focusing in this area. I'm so grateful that you're here and have this expertise. It's amazing. And, um, you know, we make an amazing team and I'm just excited about, about all of this that we're going to be, um, offering here very soon. So any, any last comments before we sign off? Likewise, I'm grateful to be here as well and to be a part of this. And, you know, I think just kind of touching on what you just said about the workshops too, like it's small and intimate. And I think a reminder that you're not alone, you know, in this work. Um, Because sometimes that can be a very common feeling is nobody gets it, nobody understands, but we, we get it and we understand. And, and it kind of helps build that little community of, of the support network um, and people that, that get it. And just that reminder, yeah, that you're not alone and you don't have to do this work alone. You're not meant to do this work alone. Yeah, that's, that's so true. We, we can't do recovery alone. It's just not possible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Caroline. I appreciate having this conversation with you. We're going to have many more podcasts about the, the sex and food issues and how they show up together. And so please, you know, stay tuned. Um, Look at our website often to see when we're having offerings. And um, it was great having this conversation with you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Bye.